Welcome to AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association with Chief Operating Officer Kyle Longton. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast channel. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of AFSPA Talks. I'm Kyle Longton, and along with me, as always, is... Hannah Wolfart. Hannah, today AFSPA Talks, long-term care insurance. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's Long-Term Care Insurance Awareness Month, Kyle. So we're, you know, raising awareness awareness for LTC, and uh, we have a great guest today. I love it. And and you know, we did Life Insurance Awareness Month um, back in September. Now we're doing Long-Term Care Insurance Month. Um, we may even do, I think there's a Disability um, Insurance Awareness Month coming up in the spring. So we'll try to hit all of those. But um, ASPA has been in the long-term care insurance space and, and offering some options to our members for a long time. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So about five, no, I'm sorry, six years ago, I was in um, Korea with our CEO, Paula Jacob. And we were doing a presentation for some teachers at one of the elementary schools on the Air Force Base, Osan Air Force Base. And somebody asked about long-term care insurance and how it worked with the health insurance. She said, oh, well, AFS has been in, in the long-term care insurance space. We've been offering plans for a long time. We think it's it's an important part of your portfolio. We've had something out there since 1990, you know, a long time. I was only four years old and people laughed and she turned to me and I was smirking a little bit. She said, what? And I said, well, I actually was four years old in 1990. So <laughs> this is this is an insurance that is important. It is newer um, when you compare it to something like life insurance or health insurance, but it hasn't been around for a while, um, but it has also evolved. It is not maybe the, the plan that we think of or the plans that ASPA offered in 1990 or even in the last 15 years. And we don't offer a, a plan now. We offer um, a connection to professionals who can advise our members because, as we'll hear in our, our conversation today, I think long-term care is not a one-size-fits-all solution, um, and there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of options. And I, I know we're going to hear about that from Linda Saronis Carruthers, who is our guest today. And Linda is the founder and CEO of Long-Term Care Consultants, Inc., a dedicated long-term care insurance agency providing long-term care planning and caregiver support resources to individuals and employer groups. She specialized in long-term care insurance since 2000, and she earned the Long-Term Care Professional, or LTCP, designation from America's Health Insurance Plans, or AHIP, in 2005, and the Certified Senior Advisor, CSA, designation from the Society of Certified Senior Advisors in 2006. All this means that Linda is the right person for us to talk to. She's been published, uh, had articles published in Healthcare Reform Magazine and been featured in Virginia Business Magazine as a long-term care expert. But also note that she is a sought-after specialist who educates clients on the advantages of long-term care, tailors it to fit individual needs, and shops for solutions to get the best possible value for clients. We'll have some information about at the bottom of the episode about how you can um, get in contact with Linda for your needs. But for now, I am excited to talk to her and, and learn from her about long-term care insurance and how it's evolved since its start. Linda Saronis Carruthers, welcome to ASPA Talks. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, and thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. We are here discussing long-term care insurance, and, and that makes you the perfect guest for us. Um, and you and I have talked before. We've had a relationship for a few years, and um, you've made it clear during that time that there is an increasing need in our country for long-term care. 
And in a lot of ways, there's a decreasing ability for our country, individuals, but also as a whole to meet that need. Um, And a lot of people, I run into this, a lot of people think that their health insurance or Medicare will kick in for their long-term care needs. Um, But that's not really the case, is it? No, um, that is not the case. Um, And the reason it's not the case is because medical or health insurance or Medicare, that insurance is designed to pay for medical care or skilled care, care provided by a licensed healthcare practitioner, a physician, a nurse, um, some type of a therapist. Long-term care, on the other hand, is personal care or custodial care or extended care. It's the type of care that one needs Um, recuperating or during the aging process. So I may need someone to come in and, oh, do my laundry, prepare my lunch, go to the grocery store, drive me to the physician's um, appointments. That type of care, um, personal care, is not covered by health insurance or Medicare. Not at all. No. So, and I appreciate you gave a a quick overview about what long-term care covers. There, we often hear in, in discussing long-term care and long-term care insurance and qualifying for the coverage um, uh, mention of activities of daily living. Can you give us a quick overview of those? You, you mentioned maybe as you're recuperating or the aging process, maybe some of us are not able to perform some of those activities of daily living. Uh, what, what are we talking about there? Um, absolutely. Let's define what long-term care is. I, I think that's that's an important point there, Kyle. Um, There are six activities of daily living that healthy adults, we do every single day. We just don't think about what we do. We're able to bathe ourselves. We're able to toilet, meaning getting ourselves on and off of the commode. We're able to control our bowel and bladder. We're able to dress ourselves. We're able to transfer, meaning being able to get up out of bed and go to the kitchen, prepare our breakfast, drive to work. We're able to eat, feed ourselves. Those are the six activities of daily living. If we cannot perform at least two of the six activities of daily living safely, then we need assistance. So let's let's use me for an example. If I am not able to get up out of bed on time to make it to the commode to take care of my needs, I either need someone to assist me to the commode or bring a portable commode to me. That is the definition of long-term care. Or If I'm able to take care of my personal needs, as I just described, but perhaps I have a cognitive impairment and I need supervision. Long-term care is is also there to respond to the cognitive need by providing companion care. Excellent. And and I appreciate, we often think about long-term care as something that we're going to need when we're older. Um, toward the end of life as, as maybe uh, we're not as capable as we once were. But, but you've pointed out multiple times just earlier in this conversation, but also in our previous conversations that this is, it's more than just providing care for elderly people. Um, it can go beyond that. And, and where might someone maybe who's younger find a need for this? I think the best example I can give you um, is a client, and this goes back probably 15 years ago, She was 28 years old at the time, and she was pregnant. And during her first trimester of of her pregnancy, it was very clear to her treating physician that she needed to be on total bed rest to protect her life and, and her baby's life. So for six months, this lady was on total bed rest. So what does that mean? Yep. She couldn't get up. Kyle, she could not get up for any reason, even to use the commode. 
Um, she had some pretty serious medical conditions, um, underlying medical conditions, and the pregnancy was definitely, it was a high-risk pregnancy. So this is what happened in her case. She was 28. She was actively employed. So her health insurance paid for her health care and the baby's health care. Mm-hmm. Her short-term and long-term disability provided her income, so she didn't lose her, her monthly income to keep up with her monthly obligations. And then the long-term care policy provided the residual income she needed to hire someone to to take care of her, to do the grocery shopping, prepare the meals, do the laundry, clean the house, take her to the doctor, whatever she needed to be there to keep her safe. And and so that's a perfect example. Um, We've also had folks file a claim because of a sports injury, people skiing, um, people, oh my gosh, boating. Um, You'd be surprised. We've also had work-related injuries where a gentleman fell off a roof. He broke both his legs. Um, We had a woman in her 30s. I'll never forget this claim because it was a real um, mystery to her physicians. She had Lyme disease, and it took about six months for her physicians to determine why this woman couldn't get up out of bed. And she was, I think, 35 at the time, if I remember correctly. So there are many, many multiple reasons why someone can need long-term care. Uh, to your point, though, the aging process, um, if we folks over, let me let me let me clear this up a minute. If we reach the age of 65, there is a 70 percent chance that we will need long term care. But I do want to to stress here the aging process in itself is a reason for needing long term care because we it's not just for a c- catastrophic you know, stroke or heart attack or any type of horrible diagnosis, as we age, we're not quite able to do things the way we used to do. For example, uh, maybe climbing up on a ladder to get something out of the top kitchen cabinet, or being able to hang drapes or check to see if the smoke detector works. Things like of this nature, we reach a certain age, we're, we're changing. And so once we realize that we're not able to continue to perform the six activities of daily living safely, that's the whole idea. The whole idea of having a long-term care insurance policy is to help you age safely in place, whatever that place, wherever that place is, whether it's your home, whether it's assisted living, whether it's a nursing home, whether it's adult daycare, the, the idea is what does mom or dad or my sister or my brother or my, my grandparents or my or whoever my loved one is or my best friend, it doesn't matter. What do they need to keep to keep them safe in their day-to-day routine? That that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> and that that's a great, great summary. And I think we'll we'll really encapsulate um what long-term care insurance can cover and what we're talking about when we're talking about long-term care. And I appreciate that you highlighted the family relationships there because that is usually who we're relying on at, at all stages of life. But particularly when we get older, we're looking to our spouse, we're looking to our children or, or our siblings um, to, to help guide that care when we need it, when we can't provide it for ourselves. And I think you've shared before, that is oftentimes where people are receiving that care, where they're receiving that support to, to, um, to make sure they can do those those things they can't do for themselves, whether it's cleaning or like you said, checking the smoke detectors, they're turning to their family or they're getting care at home in one way or another um, because so many people don't have another option. Um, 
Go ahead, please. No, what I was going to say, yes, you're, you're exactly right. However, here is the conundrum. We rely on our family, but the issue is, A, our family, again, I'll use myself. My daughter is my best friend. They don't have the time out of their busy yeah. lives to take off to care for me. They will be putting their jobs in jeopardy. Um, they've got their, their spouses, their children, their family obligations. But more importantly than that, Kyle, they're not trained to care for an infirm adult. So uh, this is how I explain it to my clients. I love my husband. Um, in 2017, he needed a knee replacement, and he's going to love me for telling this to the world, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's quite all right. I, I use this story a lot because it was a personal experience, and I can speak from personal experience. He woke up one day, and he couldn't walk. Um, now, Jim is not a little guy, but he's not a huge guy. He's an average man. However, I can tell you, if he, if I saw Jim walking and all of a sudden I thought he was going to go down the fall down the stairs, he was just going to fall, I would try to grab him. And I would do it incorrectly because I am not a trained professional caregiver. I don't have the skills required to keep him safe and to keep myself safe. So we would both go down. So what would that solve? Nothing. We would both get hurt. So when I realized, when Jim and I both realized he, he couldn't walk, well, right away, we filed a claim with our long-term care insurance company. And thank goodness, um, they responded right away, which they, they came to the house. They um, assessed our, our living um, conditions in the house, how to keep him safe. I was given some advice, get rid of the scatter rugs get rid of that little stool in the bathroom. You can't leave that there. That's a tripping hazard. But more importantly, the, the wonderful women and men who came in to care for Jim were trained. They came in with the appropriate tools. They took him to physical therapy. I could not have done that safely. We both would have gotten hurt. And so the whole underlying message of a long-term care policy is to keep the policyholder safe as well as the, the, the family members, whoever your support system is, maybe it's your neighborhood, maybe it's your church or your synagogue, or maybe it's, um, it, it's, it's people from your local association, maybe you belong to a, a local board of some, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. And then another point, and we haven't gotten there yet, but I think it's important to bring it up here. For those um, who are listening and have a long-term care policy, I would highly encourage you to share it with your family, your support system. If you buy a policy and you keep it in a drawer and you don't tell anyone you've got it, it's not going to help you if you cannot speak for yourself. Yeah. So you want to, your primary care physician, your power of attorney, your estate planning attorney, your financial advisor, whoever is part of your team, they all need to have at least the, the copy of the, the summary page of your policy so that in the event, all of a sudden Linda has a stroke or I have a heart attack and I cannot speak for myself, my family needs to know who to call. And, and that is critical. Just buying a policy will not help you. You've got to tell everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think that's a great segue to, to take us into. You've given us an idea of sort of what the, the claims process looks like, or at least what it looked like for, for you um, and your husband. Let's talk about actually planning for and, and getting long-term care insurance. So where would one of our listeners start when they're considering long-term care insurance? 
A good start is with a long-term care specialist. And there, there are financial advisors who offer long-term care insurance, and there are other insurance professionals who offer long-term care insurance. However, a long-term care specialist will be uh, someone who represents every single possible, you name it, option on the planet available to fund a long-term care policy. It is definitely not a one-size-fits-all. If I'm having a conversation with a 22-year-old, and then the next day I'm having a conversation with a 72-year-old, those are two entirely different conversations. We are coming from a different perspective, and, and we work with many financial advisors. We actually partner with financial advisors, and we actually partner with estate planning attorneys, because as specialists, we focus on long-term care insurance. That is the majority of our practice. If I, for me, it's 100%. For some specialists, they include a little bit of Medicare, some other things. But when you're working with a long-term care specialist, you're going to get every single possible option available to you. And, and what does that mean? Based on your age, your gender, and your health, those are the three components that make up your um, you, you qualifying for a long-term care policy. And certainly your financial circumstances, that will make a huge difference. What is the most tax efficient way for you to fund your long-term care expenses? Um, if the question to ask yourself is, if I had to begin paying right now a minimum of $4,000 a month for my care, where would that $4,000 monthly cost come from? How would I pay it? Would I have to liquidate a rental property? a retirement account. I, I don't know. So there's got to be a more tax efficient way to handle that cost. And the, the, the answer can only come from you. But we've got to ask a lot of questions. If you have to liquefy, liquidate an account, um, excuse me, liquidate an account or an asset of some sort, there's usually a tax consequence. All benefits paid from a long-term care insurance policy are tax-free benefits. So what is the most tax-efficient way to fund that policy or fund your care so that you're not hit with the consequences of a huge tax penalty? How to make that, that doable in your circumstances? So to answer your question, Kyle, People should reach out to a long-term care specialist, certainly work with their financial advisor if they do have an advisor, and certainly work with um, their accountant or whoever uh, is in charge of preparing their tax returns every year. That, that will give you, that's a team. You need a team. You need a team to be on the same page when you're putting this plan together and certainly share it with your family so, so they know. That's really, that's the best place to start. That that's a, a critical piece because when you need it, they're going to be the ones to make sure that that you can right. take advantage of. It. So you touched on a couple of factors, and I want to dig into those. Um, you know, you mentioned age. You talked maybe one day you're talking to a 22 year old, somebody the next day who's 72. What is there an ideal time for someone to start looking at long term care insurance? If if somebody is 22 and is listening and thinks I'm too young, um, or somebody maybe who is in their, their 50s or 60s and thinks, I'm too old, um, you know, is there an ideal time and are there options for every age? There are options for every age, including 18. Um, policies are offered to 18 all the way up to in their 90s. So you're not too old, you're not too young. 
It really, de- you know what? It depends on where are you in your life? What are your circumstances? Um, the funny, you should, I brought up a 22 year old because I actually had a 22 year old call me um, earlier this month and I was a little surprised. I don't get phone calls from 22 year olds very frequently. <laughs> Um, and I said to him, so I, I, I said, I said, yes, of course we can help you, but I, I'm really curious. I want to know why you're looking into long-term care insurance and you, 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 you searched me out. Um, he said, my, I see my mom struggling with my dad. It, it's, it's horrible. And she's going through a lot and all of us have to pitch in and help her. And he said, I don't want my mom to have to go through that. If say he, he said to me, I thought, what a wonderful young man. He said, if I, I'm in a car accident or I play football. He said, I get hurt. Who's she going to take care of first? And I thought, wow. Uh, And I said to him, my hat is off to you. You are light years ahead of most 22 year old people. I know Um, I I said, good for you. And so there is a policy for him. And, And what I will advise him as we continue in the process, I will advise him Here's what's affordable for you today. We don't want to break the bank. You graduated from school. You've got school loans. You've got other commitments right now. Let's get you something. Something is better than nothing. It'll give you some coverage. But as you as you continue in your career and your financial circumstances change, review. Every year, review what you've got. You, you may own multiple long-term care policies. You, you can own as many as you want. And you stack them one on top of the other as you go through your career and call on them at the, you can file uh, claims with all of your carriers at the same time. It, does, it doesn't matter. So that kind of got his interest. He said, well, that makes sense. And for him, Kyle, a life insurance policy with long-term care made sense because of his young age. And he'll probably, he'll probably get married at some point, have a family, and the life insurance will come in handy. Um, and what I like about the hybrid products is especially for a 22-year-old, he's got the life insurance in case of a premature death. He's got the long-term care piece of it. And then there's also a um, a, um, a value to the policy. There's a, a savings component to it. So there's a cash value that later on, if he decides, you know, I don't need this anymore, he can, he can um, turn it in and, and get the cash value. Or more importantly, he can 1035 exchange it for another long-term care policy. And that's that's a more complex process, but I'll explain to him all of his options and it'll be a finan- it'll be a really important piece of his financial planning now and in the future. So to answer your question, there are options for all ages. It just depends on where you are and your financial circumstances. Really, that's what it is. And and I think you've highlighted one of the reasons why it's so important to talk to a, a long-term care specialist because you do have access and, and knowledge about all those options. If somebody, you know, most of our listeners are federal employees or family members and, and they're familiar with the, the federal long-term care insurance program, and that is one plan. And it it mm-hmm. it is available for everybody to apply, but you're you're taking yourself and fitting yourself into one model that may not be the best fit for where you are right now. There are other options out there. So we always try to tell people, and, and I'll reiterate it here, talk to Linda, um, talk to, to another long-term care specialist if you know somebody, but find out what the options are um, because there's there's some fantastic things out there that I wasn't even aware of and you've been opening my eyes to. Um, I, I, one of the other things that you mentioned before was um, health 
you know, where, where are you on your journey? What's your age, but what is your health? So one of the things that, that has changed in the last decade with health insurance has been, um, pre-existing conditions. They're, they're not considered in medical underwriting. That's been a big change since the affordable care act, but there hasn't necessarily been the same change in the long-term care realm. Um, so what factors might contribute to someone's eligibility for a plan or, or what plan you would steer them to? Depending on their health, Kyle, they're all long-term care, all traditional long-term care insurance policies do include health underwriting. There's also a, a cognitive assessment. However, if I'm working with someone who has a, a medical condition that is being managed or maybe not managed, the question is, how will this person be able to pay for care? So again, let's take the question whether someone is healthy or has some underlying conditions. How would this individual address a $4,000 a month need for care? Based on their assets, there are products available that have very limited or no medical underwriting that could possibly help this individual. And I say possibly because a lot of it depends on the age, depends on the state where they live. Not all states allow all products. Um, it, it, it would have to be a very in-depth conversation and, and get into the weeds of their circumstances. And in the big picture, how could we assist? Usually we can, sometimes we can't. And um, there are folks who really would need to turn to Medicaid. And, and we would what we would recommend is meet with a Medicaid planning attorney in your area and they will assist you. But there is a there is an answer for everyone. It may not be insurance, it may be a different route to take, but the important thing is get the education, have the awareness, and then have all your options in front of you, and you can make an informed decision that will affect not only your life, but your support system, whoever it is. If you're family members or best friends, doesn't matter. That It'll make your life richer and their life much easier. It does make a difference. It does. Absolutely. And and. You know, I, I so appreciate that and and that that there are some people who will need to turn to Medicaid. There are some people who will be able to take advantage of Veterans Affairs benefits um, based yes. on their their previous service. Um, and and I think one of the things that we've talked about and we've talked around a little bit, but that there there is something for everybody, including a lot of our members uh, and a lot of our listeners may decide that they want to retire overseas and they may need a plan that covers them outside the United States. And is it fair to say that there are options for them as well? There are options for them as well. Um, as we speak, Kyle, I'm working with a couple of the insurance companies to see there, there are options. However, most of the companies that offer a true long-term care policy, and this is, this is contract law, it's not the, the mm -hmm. companies, the insurance company's decision, but it's part of contract law to apply for those policies you must be in the United States, to, you must sign the application in the United States, you must go through the medical or health underwriting process in the United States with a US credentialed physician. Once the policy is delivered to you, then of course you can, you can go overseas um, or leave the country. However, there are other products that may be able to work for some people, but again, we're working on trying to to, to get a little more flexibility on folks um, who will retire or live outside of the country. 
Absolutely. And I, I, that again, one of the benefits of talking to a long-term care specialist, um, I want to, I want to talk about one, one issue that I've seen in, in people in my own life, friends and family members of a certain age. And that is the increase in the number of, of what are known as continuing care retirement communities. And, and you mentioned this when we've talked previously, but these are popular options. Um, people may be familiar with them. You usually pay a, a significant amount for, for entry. And then there may be a monthly maintenance fee that you're paying. And typically people are going into independent living. And then there's, as, as the name implies, there's additional levels of care when somebody needs it. Can you talk a bit more about this? And can you use a long-term care policy to pay for any portion of it, either that upfront cost, the monthly cost, or perhaps when you need care inside the, the community? Uh, Kyle, yes, I, I can address this question from um, experience with clients. It's not my personal experience, mm-hmm. but I have had experience working with financial advisors and clients. It, uh, the CCRC communities, um, as, as you mentioned, you've got to be healthy when you move into a continuing care retirement community. You, you are moving into the independent portion, whether it's an apartment or a cottage. So you you move into the independent part. And as you age or as you need care, you you go from independent to assisted living to nursing home, perhaps to hospice. There's a process. Now, every CCRC or continuing care retirement community contract is very, very different. What I've learned is there are no standardized contracts. There are four different types of contracts. But among the four different types, among all the communities, it can be very different regarding the the use of a long-term care policy. What I've learned is you've got to read your contract and you've got to let the community know before you sign your contract that you own a long-term care policy, which I, I feel quite certain most communities today do ask, and ask what the rules are. Uh, once you're in a independent living and you need a small amount of care, maybe with just two activities of daily living, you don't need round the clock care. Are you able to hire your own caregiver? And is that caregiver from an outside agency able to come onto campus and actually come into your home and take care of you? What I've learned is contracts can be very, very different. Some campuses will say, we do not allow outside caregivers. However, their caregivers simply don't have the time to come to your independent cottage and care for you. So then you will be asked to move to assisted living and leave your independent. The key here is read your contract very, very well. Make sure you understand it. I would even encourage you to have an attorney review it and make sure it's crystal clear that you own a policy and that when the need arises, you will uh, you would like to actually file a claim and allow outside professional caregivers to come in and provide your care versus leaving your independent um, cottage or apartment and moving to assisted living. That would be my recommendation to anyone who's considering a continuing care retirement community. They do a great job. However, just read, read the fine print. Excellent. And, and I will say my, my family has gone through this Recently, my my grandmother's ninety seven, 
um, still still lives on her own, but is is needing a little bit more assistance and has been on a wait list to get into the assisted living section at her CCRC um, and, and is actually moving this week um, to make that transition. Mm-hmm. But it's it's taken a, a month or so to get her in there, and and it's it's good. You know, the, the support is great, but um, it is it was important for she and my aunt and everybody else looked at the the information before they went in. So I really appreciate that advice because we have a lot of members that is a a very popular retirement option, particularly here in the Washington, D.C. region, um, but increasingly around the country. Um, so yes. yeah, bring in your attorney, make sure you've got your contract for your, your long-term care policy, as well as for the community before you sign anything. I think that's excellent advice. Linda, there's big things happening in the long-term care space. You're talking about hybrid policies. Um, you're talking about, you know, there's the traditional policies and so forth, but there's also some things happening at the government um, or at least the state government level. And you mentioned when we spoke last um, a development in the state of Washington. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and, and where you think that might lead the rest of the country? Yes, absolutely. Washington state in 2019, I believe it was, um, decided to design a long-term care payroll tax. And this is a mandated payroll tax that will go into effect on January 1st of 2022. Anyone employed in the state of Washington will automatically be uh, enrolled in a mandatory payroll tax for life. This is a long-term care payroll tax that will provide $3,000 a month of care for one year. So we're looking at a a lifetime benefit of $36,000. This payroll tax will increase over time. It has to, to keep up with the cost of care. And the uncertainty and the disillusion um, among employers and employees in Washington state has been extraordinary because the employers in the state of Washington were given a very short period of time to accomplish um, getting everyone a long-term care policy. State of Washington said, if your employees do not have a a valid long-term care private policy by November 1st of 2021, they will be automatically enrolled. Now, Kyle, I've spoken with so many long-term care insurance companies, there were days that they were receiving 2,000 applications a day. Oh my gosh. They they couldn't handle it. They couldn't, so they shut down. They shut down. Um, Many of the companies shut down in July and August. They said, if we're going to have the underwriting and these policies issued before November 1, we cannot accept any more policies, any more applications at all. It was really, um, it's been, the only way I can describe it, it, it felt like a circus because it didn't matter what any of us tried to do to help people. For example, I'm located in Virginia and I had um, employers reach out to me, Virginia domiciled employers, because believe it or not, they have employees who live and work in the state of Washington. I, I so, believe it. Yeah. yeah. One employer had exactly one employee in the state of Washington. We could not get this man any coverage at all. He will be part of the mandatory payroll tax. We tried. There was no way, no insurance company was able to handle one more application for the state of Washington. One of the companies I spoke with said to me, we've received more applications in one day 
than we do in one month for the entire country. So it it, it created this um, sense of urgency and, and more than that, just um, unrest. It, it, it wasn't healthy. And what surprised me is there was no, no word of it in the media, nothing. Um, however, the big thing to look out for now is other states will probably do likewise. And the reason the state of Washington did this, and, and I agree with them, I see both sides of the coin, they're protecting Medicaid. Um, they yeah. see the aging population. We have 10,000 boomers a day aging in this country, turning 65. There will be a huge need for long-term care. Medicaid simply doesn't have the resources to care for all of us. It's, it's not there. And so state of Washington said, okay, We've been patient long enough. Now we've got to we've got to get a little more aggressive. So I, I understand where they're coming from. I understand employers and employees' frustration. So my best advice to people is do something now. Just get the information so you can at least plan for it. Give yourself a deadline. Say to yourself, I've got to get this done by the end of the year or by my next birthday or by my next anniversary, whatever that deadline is but put it on your calendar and get it done. It's not as hard as you might think. It, it can be a very simple process if you're working with the right kind of um, specialist. Um, again, a long-term care specialist will be a critical piece of this puzzle. And that specialist is happy to work with you and your advisors, whoever your team is. That's my best advice. That And and that's great. And, and I would almost end it there, but because I know I'm doing this conversation from my home because we're not really back in our office yet. I don't know if you're in your office or your home. Um, oh. Home, yep. So we're both at home because of the pandemic, because of COVID-19. So I, I hate to ask it, but I'm going to. What effect has COVID had on the long-term care space? Well, this is funny. One of the reasons I'm working at home, and I have to share this with you, uh, in my office building, I share a space with other businesses. Um, some of the common areas we share are the conference room, the restrooms, there's a little kitchen area. Okay. One of our businesses is a home care agency. And the reason I'm not comfortable going into the office is because the home care agency, um, of course, has caregivers going in and out of nursing homes and assisted living. So yeah. there have been, well, there have been multiple COVID cases reported. So um, I'm not quite comfortable yet. And so I am working from home. COVID has had a tremendous effect on the cost. Um, as soon as COVID really became known and rampant in this country, many of our professional caregivers just quit. They were not comfortable. You know, these are young men and women um, they go home to young families, or maybe they live with their parents. And so they just said, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. So to hire a professional caregiver, the cost has increased. I've had conversations with home care agencies. And then, of course, the cost of sanitizing, um, changing your equipment every single time you go from one home to another or from one room to another. It's critical. And the, the cost of COVID has affected. We just don't know all the numbers yet. But it's, yes, COVID has played a, a major role in how long-term care is provided, whether it's in your home or assisted living or a nursing home. And of course, there are related costs to that adjustment. Absolutely. Right. So there we are. Something, and we'll, we'll see that for, for years to come, I'm sure. 
Um, Linda, this has been a fantastic conversation. I know we could talk for for hours more, <laughs> if maybe even days more, um, about about some of the things you, we we barely scratched the surface on. But um, I will encourage everybody listening to to reach out to Linda um, or another long term care specialist if if they are ready to have that conversation. Otherwise, as Linda said, set that set that deadline for yourself to make sure you've got the protection in place. So, Linda, before we we wrap up, is there any final thought? you want to leave with our listeners? There is. The final thought I would like to say is, even if you think you'll never need care, do this for your loved ones because they'll feel much better knowing you've got a plan. And again, tell them about it because believe it or not, your loved ones do worry about you. Um, My children have said to me, mom, just tell us, of course, what you want us to do. And of course, they've, they're they tired of listening to me. I've said it, I mean, I, I, I say it to them, but, but my point is they, they're not worried because they know my husband and I have a plan and they know exactly how to put that plan in place. So my, my final thought would be, again, if you think you'll never need it, that's fine, but give your support system that peace of mind. And- I think any of us who've ever participated in in any way in the care of a loved one um, know the truth in that. Um, so, Linda, thank you so much for for your time today for sharing your expertise. Um, we look forward, perhaps, to having you back in the future to discuss you know changes in the industry. But um, for now, we've got some great information for our listeners. I'm sure they'll be coming back to it time and again. Thanks again, Linda. Kyle, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. To learn more about long-term care insurance and long-term care planning services, visit our website at ASPA.org. Look for long-term care planning under the professional services tab. Thanks for joining us for this episode of ASPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show and tell your friends about it. We welcome your feedback on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Look for at ASPA Cares. All information offered in this podcast is meant to be educational. Comments offered by the hosts or guests are not intended as medical advice. Please direct questions about your personal health needs to a provider. Should there be any discrepancy between information offered in this podcast and official plan documents for the Foreign Service Benefit Plan or other products offered by ASPA, the policy provisions will prevail. Special thanks as always to Hannah Wolfhart for producing, editing, and mixing this episode. We'll see you next time.